0: What's up, guys? Yep, it's us again. Back with another episode for you guys to listen to with your ear holes. It's the Cinema Seekers. You got me, Freddy, here starting us off this time. And then we also have my friend here. Your friend, your co-host, your buddy,
1: old pal, old friend. I am Connor. What's up, guys? Um, Glad to be filling those ear holes (laughs) with my voice.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you guys are listening to us. Thank you for making the conscious decision to listen to this podcast <laughs> whenever you are listening to it. Whether it be at a bar while you're drunk or while you're at home reading a nice book. Which I don't know why you're reading a book while listening to us. That's very conflicting. That would be very difficult. But, I was thinking
1: more along the lines of running a treadmill or something. But, hey, okay. <laughs> running a treadmill
0: as well. But um, we're going to be in um, reviewing Spider-Man 2. The Sam Raimi, Tobey Maguire, Alfred Molina, classic from 2004. God, we were all so young back then. <laughs> I know. We thought we weren't going to make it past 2012, and yet here we are in 2021, wishing we never got past 2012. <laughs> but yeah, here we are with a review for Spider-Man 2. Oh my goodness, Connor! Dude, let this me movie. tell you. Let me tell you. I am so upset with myself that I hadn't watched this movie for so long. Because I have some amazing thoughts about this film. And it's such a... Vastly better than the last movie. Like, I don't remember what I gave the last movie, but I almost feel like I need to change my score and knock it down a notch. Because this one just... (laughs) gosh this is so i this is so good and i'm going i have a statement that i'm going to say and i'm going to wait till the end i'm going to let you guys wait because it's it's a very bold statement but one that i think everyone could actually get on board with but my goodness connor going back and rewatching spider-man 2 absolutely freaking amazing this is <laughs> such a good movie and i need to watch it more I really need to watch this movie more, Connor. Like I-, I know you probably you've definitely seen this more than me. I remember watching it when I was a kid, so many times. But <laughs> now it just it hits so much differently, especially yeah. being someone who wants to work in the industry. Oh yeah, watching this oh, movie. My gosh, yes. Oh my goodness, Connor! I I can't talk about it right now because it'll just ruin my my points for later. So I'm gonna let you give some thoughts of what you thought of the movie.
1: Oh my god. Well, how do you even talk about this movie that many people see as the holy grail of superhero movies? And there's people who don't agree with that too. Like there's a you know, it it's I would say it's pretty split on people who take that view or don't take that view. But I am one of the people who like see this movie as some sort of like religious experience i guess you could say like it is incredible it is like the uh the sam raimi just like upped his style and filmmaking prowess from the previous movie in such like profound ways like the story is profound the the character moments are they resonate so well with me like i don't even It's so hard for me to talk about this movie because it is so wrapped up in my childhood, just like the last one was too. I mean, we we somehow got through that and had a great conversation there. Please go listen to it if you haven't already. But this one, I was a little bit older when it came out, so I was able to... You know, I had a little bit more life experience and it was able to resonate with me a little bit more. And ever since then, every time I go back and watch this film... I resonate like I feel for Peter like I just relate to him so much in this movie and I think that's one of the reasons I think that's the biggest reason actually that that this is my f- one of my favorite all-time superhero movies I still don't like throughout the course of this episode I'm not going to know for sure if I like this one more than the last one like that has been a struggle my entire life (laughs) like i'm so serious about that like i I, it is so hard for me to choose a favorite between spider-man and spider-man 2 but we will see after we have this discussion Freddy seems pretty pumped about it and he may sway me uh his way (laughs) so we'll see but i'm gonna leave it at that uh I, i obviously we both think very highly of this movie um so i think with that we can just briefly touch on cast and then get directly into our points and freddie kind of already said it you know toby mcguire he's returning and um we've got kirsten dunst we've got james franco rosemary harris jk simmons all great returning cast members um rosemary harris i mean <laughs> wow not rosemary harris that would be funny but alfred molina plays Otto octavius <laughs> Can't you imagine aunt may with tentacles coming out
0: of her <laughs> 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 trying to kill harry oh my gosh well, yes so, at one point um, in the comics they did almost marry so let's, let's yes
1: let's remember that i actually read that issue very recently not the one where they got married but the one where they like met and became roommates really weird mm-hmm
0: like side story yeah, that bet. happened but he <laughs> in this universe <laughs> oh my goodness so I mean, weird she's so old compared to him in this movie in this universe that, at least. that is true but I mean like he is
1: kind of a mentor to him like kind of a father figure so
0: All
1: right. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's something we'll oh, talk about man. but yes Alfred Molina is the the new returning or the new cast member of this movie and he's um big the big bad dr octopus and what what did you think about him actually freddie like what, what were your thoughts generally about
0: his performance okay right, so here's the thing i absolutely loved his performance in this movie but i wanted more of his performance to be honest like mm. there is a part of this movie where they almost forget about him they almost forget about dr octopus and that's probably, like, one of my main problems with the movie is that they almost forget about him. But, you know, they bring him back before you have the chance to fully forget about him. But I, I did want mm. more. And I'm, I don't think at the time when they made Spider-Man 1, they knew who the next villain was going to be. But I almost would have loved to see him in Spider-Man 1 to kind of build more of a relationship So we see him when he's at his best and then we see him in this movie go to his worst. I almost wish we could have seen a little bit more of that because they give it to us in a more bite-sized way in this movie. But I really wouldn't have minded if like they like had him in the first movie. You know, he's just discovering all this new science about making a renewable energy source that's cheap and affordable and then like we get to this movie and we see him he's still good but you know he has that turning point like a fall from grace i i wish we could have seen that but that's me as a storyteller wanting just more of him on the screen because i absolutely loved him when he was a good guy but i also loved him even more as a bad guy like you, you don't root for him in any way but you also feel bad for the guy because he's not entirely there the entire time like he's being controlled of sorts like the dark side yeah. of his mind is taking hold of him more than the good side is the way I I viewed it but I really loved Alfred Molina's portrayal of Dr. Octopus and all, they did it they loved it so much that I know, even in the Spider-Man game, it's <laughs> yeah, very it's a like a mirror, but still different. That's, I was just about much... to bring
1: the Spider-Man game up because what you mm-hmm. said made me think how interesting it would have been to see a relationship between Norman Osborn and um, uh, Doctor Octopus or Otto Octavius, because you kind of like get a taste of that, but it's it, instead of Norman, it's just Harry. So it's mm-hmm. like Oscorp still was funding uh, Otto Octavius's experiments, like he was in the game, or I mm-hmm. think he was in the game. It's been a while since I played it. But... Yeah,
0: yeah. Because w- wasn't he in, like their basement or something.
1: Yeah, it was and, something like... like that. And then he like came in and like shut it all down in the yeah. game. Uh, but yeah, mm-hmm. similar dynamic. It would have been really interesting to kind of see that. And what I what I like about it, it's like um, Norman both Norman and Otto are, like, these crazy science geniuses. But, like, Norman is a lot more cold and disconnected and, you know, just generally not, like, a very, like, loving, friendly guy. I mean, I guess he kind of is to Peter, but he really more respects Peter because Peter's smart. But, like, mm-hmm. Otto, on the other hand, he is very warm and welcoming and, like, he's he's got his wife, Rosie and they like sit down and have like a nice lunch together and stuff so that's like a really cool juxtaposition it would have been interesting to see that but you you still kind of get it it's just you know not simultaneous
0: mm-hmm.
1: oh yeah well my thoughts on Otto I love him I, I love Alfred Molina's portrayal <laughs> obviously uh, I think he did a very good job and uh obviously everyone else loves him because he's coming back in No Way Home <laughs> so um, <laughs> yeah. I'm really excited to see what they do with his character and I really hope that what happened in this movie isn't completely wasted based on um, what happens in No Way Home not that this movie could ever be like taken down a notch by anything that comes after it because I can always go back to this movie and watch it and not think about you know whatever else happens and still enjoy the movie very much but it's just a thought like i really don't want them to just kind of like waste the arc that they gave him in this movie
0: yeah absolutely but you know that's right now that's to be determined because we only have one trailer for that movie and that feels Mm -hmm. right to me feels absolutely right i don't want to say anything until i see the movie
1: they're gonna show another trailer, man, and I'm very oh, worried yeah. that I'm not gonna be able to avoid it with freaking Instagram. Um,
0: I'm gonna avoid like the plague. I will unfollow Marvel if that is what it takes. Because <laughs> I do not want to see anymore.
1: I don't either. I want to go in with fresh eyes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then uh, I just I so we're about to wrap the casting up, but. They did plant a seed with Ah, another cast member, Dylan Baker, who played Dr. Kurt Connors, who, you know, we saw the lizard in the Amazing Spider-Man series. But you totally know they are going to probably try to do a lizard in this this saga if Spider-Man 3 hadn't flopped as bad as it did.
1: And if you think about it, Lizard was technically the next villain in the yeah. lineup of on screen Spider Man villains.
0: So they technically did it, but still. Would've been cool to see this universe's lizard. But anyhow. Yes
1: sir. Cast yes, aside.
0: Sir. We also are I I keep doing this. We also can't believe we also can't miss Stan Lee as the man <laughs> yeah. saving another child <laughs> from debris again. Yep. But he doesn't this get time. any speaking lines. No, this time he actually says, watch out! And that's it.
1: Oh, did he actually say that?
0: Oh, he says, yep. His, own, his I think it was his first speaking role. But he only got to say so much.
1: Yeah. Well, the next one, Spider-Man 3, he actually gets a really nice line. But we'll table that mm-hmm. for for next time. Because I actually really like that cameo.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: But, uh... All right. I think we're good to get in our um, main points.
0: Man, oh man. I don't know which one to start with. Do you know which one you want to start with? Because I'll let you go first, because I really Um, don't know which one I start with. We were just
1: talking about uh, Otto Octavius, so I'll continue my discussion on him. Because. I just... I really, like... I love what they did with his character. I have a question for you, Freddy. What other superhero movies have the hero actually redeem the villain at the end of the movie? So much so that it's the villain who saves the day and not the hero? Has that ever happened in any other superhero movie? Because that is, like, so bold and so interesting and so like like the best side of humanity like I love that they did that in this movie
0: I don't think another movie has done it yeah I don't think another superhero movie has done it I can think of like comic books that have done it but Mm -hmm. not film adaptations of comic books so this is the only one I believe this is the only one that's done
1: that and how do you feel about that like how do you feel about the the choices they made in this movie and redeeming the villain of the movie
0: well i thought it was great like that's that just goes to show they knew what they were doing with this movie like you know you you, like you said it is very a bold choice to make someone that you start to hate you know do the right thing and sacrifice himself for the greater good of humanity i will not die a monster yeah so it's such just, a great line it was it was cool i really did enjoy you know that part like you definitely saw a full circle of dr otto octavius in this movie like you saw him you know where he started as just a scientist who wanted to do better for the world and then as a evil villain and then come right back around to the scientist who was like I have to destroy this for the world now because if not I will destroy the world yeah
1: Yeah, and what I really love about it is that Peter doesn't punch his way out of it you know like you still get great action of course like the freaking train scene is incredible and we'll talk about that but like to actually save the day Peter literally just like takes a submissive stance and just talks to his mentor and tries to like pull the good out of this man who has lost his wife lost his entire reputation his life and you know has just gone down the dumpster basically (laughs) um and he actually like redeems him and not only does it redeem him but like he uses the lessons that he learns throughout the movie to do it because uh, the lines that he says, one of them is directly is a direct quote from Otto.
0: Well, I won't take much of your time, Parker. Now I remember you. You're Connor's
1: student. Tells me you're brilliant. He also tells me you're lazy. I'm trying to do better. Well, being brilliant's not enough, young man. You have to work hard. Intelligence is not a privilege; it's a gift, and you use it for the good of mankind. And then the other one was um Aunt May's line which is one of the greatest monologues in any movie ever not just superhero movies.
0: I believe there's a hero in all of us that keeps us honest gives us strength makes us noble and finally allows us to die with pride even though sometimes we have to be steady and and give up the thing we want the most. Even our dreams.
1: Aunt May's speech is so incredibly moving. And um, Peter picks part of that and uses that to um, appeal to Doc's good side, Doc Ock's good side. Peter Parker, brilliant, but lazy. Look at what's happening. We must destroy it. I can't destroy it. I won't! You once spoke to me about intelligence. That it was a gift to be used for the good of mankind. A privilege turned you into something you're not. Don't listen to them. It was my dream.
0: Sometimes, to do what's right, we have to be steady and give up the thing we want the most, even our dreams.
1: You're right. Um, so, yeah, I just... I love that they did that, and I love that they were they were bold enough to basically not make Peter fight his way out of it and, like, punch the crap out of Otto and that be the end of it, but he actually, like, takes the time to, like, save this guy, in a way, in a manner of speaking.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He still dies, but...
0: <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, but... But like, he doesn't yeah, die a monster. Right. <laughs> yeah, you're right. He, I don't know. I I almost think... It's because peter just knew this man was intellectual so he knew that perhaps fist fighting wasn't the way to do it even though like he he -hmm. definitely has to beat him down a little bit to get the chance to talk to him because you know those those arms that are attached to octavius's back you know those are nothing to joke about you know you don't want to take a hit from one of those but he knows that he can talk to this man if he can, you know, create the chance to do so. Because this man is, you know, very smart. He's not just a blatantly evil, mustache-twisting villain. He's someone of science, but also has a heart. So, you're right. Yeah. It's definitely a very intellectual way to take down a villain. Huh.
1: Yeah, I, I love it. I love that it's so unique, too. Um, you brought up the arms, and that's another part of this point, because the arms themselves are essentially another character. They, they like, it is weird, because they're AI-driven, and one of biggest nitpicks i have with this movie is why are these arms ai driven like what is the purpose of that there i can't figure out why there's a purpose for that because if he's connecting them with his brain you would think that dakot could just control them with his brain if that's like the logic that they're going with but apparently he programmed ai into the tentacles and the ai when the inhibitor chip broke the ai basically took control in a way. But, okay. so, like, that part is stupid. Like, I don't understand. Okay. And if you want to so talk to that really quick. Yeah.
0: I do, because... I wrote it down. Okay. So, as soon as those arms are plugged into him, there's a moment that the camera pauses on his face. And it seems like the inhibitor chip actually didn't work like that was or it worked but not all the way it seems like he was getting taken over way before the inhibitor chip broke but not to the effect that he is after the inhibitor chip is broken because even while he's like standing there with the tentacle arms you know when the thing starts going crazy He's like, no, don't turn it off. I can control it. I can control it. He still has that like, almost feral need to make this work. But at the same time, he still has his heart on him because he isn't Hmm. fully taken over. But I think that as soon as those things were plugged into him or stabbed into his body, he was (laughs) taken over. But not as much as it was after the inhibitor chip you know got fried yeah but I don't, I don't know if you saw that moment but i saw it and i was like hmm i i know they explained it in the movie but it just seems like something happened before that
1: yeah i i think i see what you're saying and i'm fine with that like if, even if that was the intention i'm totally fine with that I'm just wondering mm-hmm. why he made them AI-driven in the first place. Like, that's really what I don't understand.
0: I, I don't know about that part either. I think it just... I think it just happened.
1: Yeah. It's, like, it, oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't really know like a a workaround for that, because I really enjoy the fact that the arms are basically their own character. Like, I don't know how much you know about, like, how they did, like, some of the practical effects in this movie, but um, I need to talk about this because this is one of the reasons that I love movies as much as I do today. So, oh, yeah, because there are puppets. Yeah, they were puppeteered. Mm-hmm. There was a puppet for each arm, and they mm-hmm. went through a long process with this. When they first knew, basically, that Doc Ock was going to be the villain, they had no idea, like, they didn't hadn't even cast him yet. Didn't know Alfred Molina was going to be him. Didn't know what style they were going for or anything like that. But they knew that they wanted those arms to be real as much as possible. And that's number one. One of the things I love most about this movie is that, or this whole trilogy really, is that Sam Raimi loves practical effects. Like he does not, he wants to avoid CGI if he can. And I so appreciate that because movies today just want, especially like the MCU, I'm sorry to say it just only want to do freaking cgi and green screen and visual like um like special effects computer-aided effects and i don't know it it just in some ways it as good as no matter how good your uh visual effects are it can still take you out just because like the characters the actors aren't actually interacting with real things and no matter how good of an actor you are you're not going to get across those little tiny nuances of acting of interacting with an actual physical object so um, when i was really young a young lad and i had this movie on dvd the same version that i watched uh, last night i still own it it's like a two-disc special edition, and so you put the second disc in, and you get all these special features behind the scenes. This was my first ever exposure that I can remember to like movie special effects, and there's a like a making of, uh, like how they made the this movie Spider-Man Two, and one of the segments in it is how they did the Dr. Octopus arms and like the process they went through and they started out with literal like laundry tubes for the arms and like worked on like puppeteering them and like lifting him up and stuff before they had actually made them and then just slowly you kind of see the progression they became like they basically invented or not invented but like constructed these robotic arms that are what you see in the movie when they're real and programmed them to be like robotized and and remote controlled and each one had a puppet and like they're just it's so cool because it's i don't know that blew my mind when like blew my six-year-old or however old i was mind when i watched that i was like this is the coolest thing i need to like figure out more about movies because um it was just like a magical thing for me in my childhood. And I really do credit that for being one of the reasons I love movies as much as I do now. Like I just was blown away by what could be possible in filmmaking at that point.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it, it just made me want an action figure that could move just like those arms, like have every single articulation where every claw could move. Like, even the claw that can, like, have the little claws shoot out. Mm-hmm. I wanted a toy that could do that. But they never they never made one like that. I think now you can probably buy a hot toy. I don't know if you know what that is. It's, like, the bigger action figures, super articulated, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. super real. I'm sure really, they made really fancy a hot toy at some point that could do all that. But I just – I'm sure it was – as those figures usually run especially knowing as how big they might have had to make the octopus art intricacies i know because like they just they look so cool and especially when they're the actual physical puppets you Mm -hmm. know i i have a keen eye for that kind of stuff i loved seeing like the things protruding from his back Or when the claw would come in and actually grab his glasses or hand him something. Hand him a cigar. But to be honest, even the CGI tentacles, they were still amazing.
1: Yeah, they were pretty good.
0: This movie is leaps and bounds better than Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man (laughs) 1. Yeah, CGI-wise, oh yeah. I noticed very few instances where i was like mm, that could have been done better but so it was 2004 because mm-hmm. they still hadn't figured out it, i mean even today we haven't figured out human cgi as great as we wanted it to be but even right like back then it was the the tentacle animation alone is amazing even spider-man's cgi got significantly better except for one
1: scene that's the scene when he's like on the crane at the very end of the movie and he jumps away off the crane after he like says goodbye to mary jane and says he can't be with her i don't know what it was but it was dark it's because they did it a dark scene yeah and he had a giant rip on his suit and his skin looked like plastic or like clay or something like that (laughs) like it it looked fake
0: i'm 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 sure that that was probably towards the end of their end of their budget and they're like screw it <laughs> yeah we, we <laughs> just, just gotta just finish it. <laughs> just do it it's at night they won't see it as clearly like i mean back then this was i think this was a vcr tape back then they we still had those at yeah vhs tape yeah they think they this was one of the last movies that got that treatment before dvd completely took over so i'm pretty <laughs> sure if all of us went back and watch the VHS tape version we probably wouldn't notice it but because we have these nice plasma screen TVs with <laughs> all these little megapixels to help us out we just notice the bad when it's bad but the good when it's good and I'm telling you whenever Alfred Molina was standing there and those tentacles were moving him they just I, it looked great to me yeah. I, I, I love seeing it like the tentacle animation was pretty spot on for me in this movie
1: yeah tentacle wise it was great alfred mm-hmm. molina's body wise a couple oh, no. times where it looked it a little floppy but uh, I, i'm definitely yeah. willing to let it pass because it was 2004 and it still looked pretty dang good
0: mm-hmm. absolutely and then uh we're we're kind of on the doc got kind of thing and i just i want to talk about kind of the Doc Ock and Spider-Man relationship because I did talk about the Green Goblin Spider-Man relationship I gotta be honest I I I don't it's just a it's a really it's a coin flip I really love both of the relationships but I feel like I almost love this one just a little more because they're both intellectual people and they don't um Doc Ock doesn't find out who Peter is till the very end of the movie. So, Doc Ock just thinks it's this random tough guy <laughs> trying to stop him from achieving the goal he wants to achieve the entire time. So, like, all the quips he says to Spider-Man are to Spider-Man, not Peter Parker. You have a train to and catch. <laughs> yeah, even that. I'd like, he, but I, like... But I guess that's a bad thing, too, because Spider-Man didn't, again, didn't have those spider-man quips he would say it was mostly dr octopus saying them this time
1: <laughs> he had one in the bank when he like threw the bag of money and he's like here's your change
0: yeah th- that was it and i i don't know i guess yeah i think sam that was raimi <laughs> i'm guessing sam raimi didn't like that part of spider-man because he just this is the second film we're in now and like you said we got that one but most of the time, it was Dr. Octopus making those quips. And let's <laughs> let's keep in mind, Dr. Octopus could become cheesy as heck in two seconds if they would have let him. I don't know if you guys have ever seen the classic Dr. Octopus, but oh my goodness. He looks like a ball of cheese with tentacles attached to his back. <laughs> like, he's just... A greasy man. <laughs> disgusting john and like i used to have a cake topper toy where it was spider-man and dr octopus and you can move <laughs> the tentacles around oh that's cool it had like wheels on the bottom so when you push the it, they're like on a square base when you mm-hmm. push the base it would move around and look like they were fighting Oh, but like nice. you could move the dr octopus tentacles and it was the greasy john dr octopus <laughs> with the really tube like like almost um foam tube like tentacles with little fingers on the end of yeah. them. yeah oh <laughs> like, yeah i know what you're talking about <laughs> I, I love the way sam raimi upgraded dr octopus in this movie Absolutely. like after this i'm sure in the in the comics they're like we're doing him wrong with this we need to follow that guy because he knows what he's doing and then on top of that the absolute horror scene that we get with the octopus tentacles yes I, like i'm not a horror movie fan that much i appreciate the genre for what it is but seeing sam raimi bring his horror take into this movie even if it was just for like a, a how like a three minute scene was awesome and absolutely terrifying. I mm. think as a kid, I hated that scene, especially because when the lady is getting dragged and her nails are <laughs> scraping, like yeah. that scene is so terrifying. But it's like terrifyingly awesome, and it does so much without sh- with oh, yes. with showing so little and brilliantly I edited I, I, brilliantly I don't know if you visualized. know i don't know if you know why this movie was rated pg-13 did you see the rating at the beginning of the movie mm, it is pg-13 so, right it is pg-13 but the reason it's pg-13 is for one of the coolest things ever stylized violence Yep. <laughs> nowadays it just says violence I, I think this is the only movie I've seen that has such a cool reason it was rated PG-13 for stylized violence. And the Doc Ock scene, I feel like, could have made it rated R so fast. Like, you could have seen, you know, yeah. limbs getting lopped off, you know, people's heads <laughs> getting pulled from their body. Like, it could have gone so bad so fast. But Sam Raimi knew how to keep it within the bounds of where he needed to keep it and still and make it absolutely still be terrifying terrifying yeah yeah i i love that scene that was such like it showed you that those tentacles could do some serious damage <laughs> oh, if yeah. they just took over
1: oh yeah I, I absolutely agree with you this is one of my favorite scenes in the entire movie that it's just like you said it all like it is just perfectly edited and perfectly like i love the part where it's um like it it shows the perspective the pov of the arms and you Mm -hmm. because there's four of them so like at one point you get uh like one pov and then when the dude's chainsawing him on one of the arms you get two povs looking at him and he's like what are you doing man and then the arms like attack and then it's like all four of them and the Mm -hmm. whole thing like it just cuts to black after they attack him yes
0: it's so brilliant like
1: the way that (laughs) sam raimi like visualized this and edited it like I know he didn't do the editing but he he had the vision and he directed all of that so it it's just oh I love it I love it so much it makes me want to watch like more of that genre like I I know that Sam Raimi still has a unique style even within the horror genre but man like if if more horror is like that then I want to get on board with it
0: mm-hmm. absolutely
1: and then uh, the way the scene ends, when Doc Ock wakes up and he realizes, like, he looks around at the destruction and he's just, like, realizes what's happened. And he's, you know, he just breaks apart and, like, he, like, screams. And I love this. The tentacles mm-hmm. squeal up and, like, bent up, bent up and scream with him. They're, like, squealing. They're, like... <laughs> I can't even do it right now.
0: But. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking about though. Yeah, it's, it's like a so it's incredible. like a Frankenstein moment, like when Frankenstein gets off mm-hmm. the table. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, that's like exactly what it is.
1: And it's it's like there's even a hint of like the, the character of the arms there too, because they're like, it's almost like they're trying to show Doc Ock that they're on his side, even though they just did these horrible things, killing all these people without auto octavius being a part of it they realize his turmoil over it and then they decide to like basically play along with it to kind of like get in doc's head like like this is you know we're on your side this is horrible or whatever you know (laughs) even though they just did Mm it (laughs) yeah i i love the arms i love the characterization of the arms like one of the other scenes that i really like I know we're talking forever about the arms, but they're they're so well done. Like you can't not. Um, but the scene when he comes in, tries to, he basically takes Mary Jane uh, captive, which second time in this universe. Um, he, he's like, "Or I'll peel the flesh from her bones, and then the claws, mm-hmm. like the little tips of them, go tink tink tink." <laughs> mm-hmm. Peter Parker. And the girlfriend. What do you want? I want you to find your friend, Spider-Man. Tell him to meet me at the West Side Tower at 3 o'clock. I don't know where he is. Find Find him. Or I'll peel the flesh off her bones and that just made me kind of laugh like I know it was serious at the same time but like it's like the the claws themselves are talking like reiterating and backing up what their master just said (laughs) and I loved it
0: Yep, it was perfect
1: (laughs) (laughs) man yeah I can never see Dr. Octopus Tentacles being any way at all better than what they were in this movie ever
0: Absolutely.
1: It is kind of weird that he designed the arms to have, like, a giant knife come out the end of them. You know what I okay, mean? Okay, <laughs> yeah. I was gonna, like...
0: Why? What is that for? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, you're like, not, that, like, that, that, poking the sun. Like, I was really confused about that. That was kind of, like, one of my nitpicks of the arms. I was like, why do you have that ability? Like, what, what are you gonna have to kill or something? Like... <laughs> yeah in science
1: like you're literally like at the same
0: time if you look at how the arms move where does that thing go like because they they have joints they're jointed at so many spots it's (laughs) never like our discussion
1: with wolverine claws again (laughs)
0: exactly it's like but it's like it's never it's never there's never a point where it's like just straight like yeah. where does that claw go within sight? Like, like unless there's like a tube i like there's just that that claw that little spike doesn't make any sense i'm sorry it just <laughs> I, it was just a means for like something to be threatening yeah. like those claws i feel like are already threatening enough and i guess it was just like oh he uses this to kill people it's like but why would he have that in the first place and where would it even fit in there because those things are jointed and right up to the claw right Right, up to the claw part if you look at him so like there's a joint you know after the claw and then she goes joint 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 there's no like straight point where those things could sit so that's right but it was only one claw right
1: it wasn't um, all of them it was just one of them so the way i saw it was the two top claws were the same and the two bottom claws were the yeah. same but the top mm-hmm. and the bottom were different from each other i used to yes. have that you remember the action figure right dude i, I loved playing with it That was like yeah was so figure much fun head. and i played with it so much that like I, my sister showed it to me <laughs> yeah all the little pieces fell off except for one claw is still completely intact uh oh. but yeah the the top ones were more like three fingers like they were thinner and they came to more mm-hmm. of a point and the bottom ones were a little bit more bulky and wide and yeah, the, the more like, are like
0: shovels almost
1: yeah more like shovels yeah exactly mm-hmm. like a like, like on a,
0: a tractor or something mm-hmm.
1: yeah um b- but going back to that knife thing it probably would have made more sense and been really cool to visualize if like the top claw like the tip of them since they were already thinner if they did, like, a transformer thing and turned into, like, a spike, like, the claw itself did, like, basically, like, an Optimus Prime transform or something like that. Well, like, I can see that
0: because, like, imagine within the the claw of one of them, it had sharp metal things that could bend so that it would have bending so the claw could still operate like a finger. Mm -hmm. But it could like straighten out and then protrude those out you're right it'll make so much more sense do that
1: anyway with like the tiny fingers when Mm -hmm. like the ones that hold his cigar exactly and it's like how hard would it
0: have been and it's like because we look at where where does the claw even come out does it come out of the eye like wouldn't that break the glass (laughs) upon coming out of it like yeah, it's it, it, it just you can't think about it There's because like, cause it there'd be a censor there sense. right yeah yeah we're, we're overthinking each... this now <laughs> we need to stop because clearly <laughs> sam raimi did not expect 224 24 year olds to be <laughs> examining this deep about the dr octavius octopus arms but hey sam raimi <laughs> if you ever want to come on the
1: podcast we would love yeah. to talk to you man yeah <laughs>
0: he calls us tomorrow i doubt it dude <laughs> i'm so excited message. to
1: see how they like bring these claws back now like there's a reason they're bringing him back because they can't outdo it they, they can't mm-hmm. make a new version of dr octopus and make they it as good as what they already how. did
0: <laughs> they don't know how the closest they did it was the spider-man games and even and then the claws are weird. into the spider-verse
1: yeah that's really all I had on auto. I know that we went a long time on that one, but I just thought it was so well done and it made me really love filmmaking. So I had to talk about it.
0: So I guess let's move on to a shorter point. I technically covered two points within that, what we just talked about. Yeah. So I actually, I added another point just because I was thinking about it right now, but I'm going to go with one that I already wrote down, which is um, the score. I know we talked about it with the first movie, but, you know, the second movie, just as good, if not a little better. Especially with the theme that Danny Elfman gave Dr. Octopus.
1: Oh, yeah, And it's, like,
0: so perfect. Because it goes with how his arms would, like, walk across things. It was so perfect. (laughs) It's so iconic. Oh, my goodness. It was it was so great, and of course you bring back the classic Spider Man theme. You know, I love watching the beginning of this movie. I I always forget how much I like just sitting there, looking at the beautiful artwork that they made from the first movie, and then listening to that score. Mm -hmm. Like it's that's just a beautiful way to start a movie. Let alone without the start of the movie, like ah oh man i I love the opening you know credit roll with the Denny Elfman score, yep, you no know, swooning and just taking you through the motions of the artwork at the same time it's that's just a beautiful piece of art, like you could show someone that video, and I'm sure they would be like that's that's beautiful, like yeah, if you don't it's think that's beautiful literally opening
1: credits, know. like no one likes mm-hmm. opening credits anymore. Like, cause they're stupid mm-hmm. and annoying, and it's like I want to see the movie. This is the one exception. I will watch this movie <laughs> this, yeah. and be happy to watch those <laughs> opening credits.
0: <laughs> absolutely, dude. I would, I would watch this all day, listen to it all day, just because it's absolutely amazing. Yeah. Oh man.
1: Yeah. I just love how Elfman can like take what he has already created, this beautiful like. A symphony of sound and and just like incorporate new bits into it and then use the parts that he knows this goes here for this character moment here for this character moment and just create another story alongside the visual story and it's just wonderful
0: absolutely all the greatest composers know how to do that john williams Hans zimmer mm-hmm. and danny mm-hmm. elfman they know how to take what they made and make it even better
1: yeah i'd put alan silvestri up there now i think oh, his yeah score has stood the test of time
0: yeah i mean he also did back to the future can't forget about that
1: dang yeah that's great man yeah he's been around for a while john williams has too obviously Absolutely. but <laughs> oh yeah well they all have oh me. yeah
0: all right connor do you want to go with another point
1: i shall um I'm going to tag off of my last one because I started talking about filmmaking, but I was mostly talking about practical effects. But Mm. there is more amazing filmmaking in this movie that I was not able to see as a child, but can more fully appreciate now that I have more of an understanding of like, wow, that's really difficult to do. And Sam Raimi, you did not have to go that far. You didn't have to go the extra mile, but you did, and we really appreciate you for it. <laughs> so, like, the like, there's, there's a couple shots in the movie that are crane shots. Like, you can tell just based on how the camera is, like, smoothly panning. And it's just, like, there would be no reason for, like, an actual person to be holding it because they have to be, like, in a harness floating or something like that. Uh, just, like, because there's so many different, like... I don't know. It's like the way they do It's like so dynamic how they do it all. And that, that doesn't have to be done. Right. But he does it. And it's like, it, it just gives a grandiose feel to the movie. And I really like started noticing that when I was watching it last night, picking out those pieces that I could like see some really cool shot work that they were doing. Mm -hmm. Um, Beyond that, well, actually on extension to that, that scene where it starts off the train fight sequence it's literally right after he gets his powers back and he's swinging through the city but then mm. it does like a huge so like it starts out behind spider-man while he's swinging and then the camera it's like a long take it follows through passes spider-man up turns around and so now you're seeing the front of spider-man instead of the back of him and starts to zoom out on spider-man and then does a huge zoom out through new york and then it goes through dr octopus's glasses reflection on top of a freaking clock tower beautiful that shot Mm -hmm. is beautiful freddy i love it so much yeah (laughs) it's like one of the greatest transitions ever bro it is so good like you've been talking about like cheesy 90s transitions in the last movie or 2000s mm-hmm. transitions. Sorry. And there are a couple of those still in this movie, uh, but uh-huh. I still think it's great. I, I think it's amazing and I welcome it. But then you have technically incredible transitions like that. And it's just like, wow, take my money more. Like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's one of my favorite transitions ever now. I just, Like, whenever it happened in the movie, I was like, they did not just do that. Because technically, that's a cut. But, like, it's so excellently executed Mm -hmm. that it doesn't even look like a cut. That's how you do a cut in a movie. Where it doesn't look like a cut. It's just perfect. Perfect transition from Spider-Man's point of view to Dr. Octopus's point of view. Perfect.
1: Yeah, so cool how they did that. Yeah, and then the other um, sub-point of this point is the um cinematography like it almost has like this feel of being kind of a dramatic like play almost like i guess like i mean like classic hollywood almost um i think part of that is the lighting like, if you look at there's so many different like uh, scenes in this movie where it's just Basically dialogue like two people talking and it cuts back and forth between their faces and they're always like half their faces are always like like shadow is cast on half their faces and that's just like a lighting technique that was an intentional choice. Uh, I don't know who cinematographer was on this movie. Uh, probably easy to find out, but I don't really care to look it up right now. But whoever he was, he did a really great great job with like framing these shots and doing the lighting. Particularly, there's a couple scenes even like there's the one where Harry's uh, in his den basically. And it's right before Doc Ock comes and gets him. Right after Burner leaves, actually. <laughs> um, Good old so it's like Bernard. right before Doc Ock comes. <laughs> <laughs> right before Doc Ock comes. And uh, lightning strikes. And it just, like, illuminates Harry's face. Like, white. Like, pale white. Before it, like, it goes away because the lightning's gone. It, you know, didn't. Wasn't necessary but it was beautiful, so why not do Mm it? I love stuff like that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Cinematography was definitely spot on.
1: Uh, That's all I have on filmmaking. If you had anything else you wanted to discuss on that, now would be the time.
0: I, honestly, as much as I love the filmmaking part of this, Connor, I don't have anything else to say on that. I just have to say that this film was a phenomenal example of storytelling. And you will never be able to sway that because this, my goodness, this movie told a story. And like, I know the movie's (laughs) two hours and 15 minutes long, but it's just like Empire Strikes Back. It doesn't feel that long. And that's how you make an excellent (laughs) movie. Like, I love the storytelling and like, Within the first 15 minutes of this movie, you just know so much. You know who Peter Parker is, what his life is currently like, <laughs> relationships he has with certain people in the first 10 minutes. Yeah. And like, oh, yeah. I, I didn't know if it was because this is a sequel Or could a film actually do that without having a pre-established, you know, movie before it? Because, like, that's, like, something I've been thinking about. Could a movie that's not a sequel do start like this? Has ten minutes that are just like this, where it tells you what the character's like, tells you relationships the character has, are they strained, Are they loving? Is this person important to them? Are they not? How does this person go through life? Is he struggling? Is he on top of the world? Like, that's a masterclass in storytelling. If you can tell that much of a story in 10 minutes of a movie, like, I, I can express how much I love the first 10 minutes of this movie alone with the other amazing stuff we keep getting from this movie after the first 10 minutes you know you still keep getting more you know character building for Peter Parker he struggles with the how do I balance my work relationship school and superhero life all at the same time while being spider like just being Peter Parker and Spider-Man it's it's so wonderful you get to see his journey it's not told to you you know, there are parts where, you know, they use dialogue to express some things, but it's not like they lean on it. It's not like they tell you it. They show you it. That's, that's such a great example of storytelling. Like, I absolutely love the storytelling aspect of this film, and honestly, it makes me want to watch it again and take notes for my own reasons, like, just you know, how you should set up a story what beats yeah. you should hit and again it it still makes me wonder if you could make a movie start like this without having a pre-determined movie before it and that's like a question I keep thinking about I don't know if I'll ever have an answer until someone tries it but Connor I love the first 10 minutes of this movie absolutely and then the rest of the movie is just like icing on a cake and like, I mean, there's that one point in this movie, technically, it could have just ended. This movie could have just ended mm. where it would have got to a certain point, And we all would have just had to been okay with it because technically, the person had a journey and they made a choice. And then it ends, like, it, after Spider-Man loses his powers, you know, you, he, you see the little montage of things getting better for him. And then it ends does this thing where Dr. Connors walks out and says good job today Peter and the movie freezes for like a legit freeze frame two seconds I swear to goodness that movie could have ended right there and (laughs) that could have been it like I I know it's like it could have ended right there but think about it he made a choice and technically he could just go with it we wouldn't, of, of course, you wouldn't know how Dr. Octopus ended out. Of course, we all could just come to the conclusion that Dr. Octopus killed half the planet after oh. that. And
1: <laughs> just go completely dark. Self sustaining now, Freddy. <laughs>
0: but, like, at the same time, technically, our hero ended happy. Like, what more could you have asked for if the movie could have ended there? And that's, like, something I love about this movie. Like, you if I could make an edit where the movie ended right there and show it to someone and they not ever seen Spider-Man before, would they be okay with that ending? I would I just wanna I, know. Like I'm sure they would have questions. But I really wanna know. If I took a human being who had <laughs> never seen Spider-Man 2 and I cut all the stuff out after that, and ended the movie right there, had the credits roll right after the the raindrops are dropping on my head scene. <laughs> would would they? Would they just go with it? Like, because technically, you don't have to watch Spider Man three anymore. <laughs> like, let's be honest. Like, I know it's terrible. It's terrible to think about. But while watching this, and while looking at all this, and having a day to think about it, I've just been like, this movie could have ended right there, and we could have all just <laughs> had to been okay with it. Technically, there's probably some people who stop watching the movie right there just so they don't have to watch *Spider-Man 3*. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta jump in here because. All right, jump in. I want to <laughs> hear this. I need some retort. Okay, I got a I,
1: part of. I, I see where you're coming from, but I have to partially disagree because that scene, with the whole raindrops falling on my head scene, I feel like. The intention behind that scene is to show that, oh yeah, even though it looks all hunky dory on the surface, Peter's life is not, like, all his problems are not solved. Like, I wrote this down because I realized it when I was watching it, but there are things, like, tiny things, sure, in his life that are still, like, not all right. Like, he like he still sees like he, he he still watches crime go by and he can't do anything about it um you know he still doesn't have mary jane she's still getting married to some schmuck he still has just general bad luck like when he's like wheeling the tire during that montage and it flies out the window and like <laughs> hits someone on the ground it's just like you know classic parker luck he's probably presumably still can't afford rent and later on in the movie this is after the montage sure but he still even like upsets aunt may and like kind of like puts a really big strain on their relationship potentially big strain she ends up being ultimately uh, okay with it and forgives him but i don't i don't think that it would be as satisfying of an end like i think that it would be a funny ending for sure like because <laughs> yeah you're right you don't have to watch fighter in three after that <laughs> but <laughs> I don't think that he has fully I think that he needed to go through losing the powers or at least making the conscious choice to quit being Spider-Man to realize that that's not going to give him the satisfaction he thought it was going to does that make sense
0: yes it does however you know I it's still almost like That would be the mundane thing to do. Like, it's almost real. Like, imagine if someone got powers of some sort and they were doing what Peter was doing. Their life was kind of just in shambles. They had strained relationships. And then they lost those powers, but they started gaining things back. Or, like, he didn't gain things back, but he was able to do yeah, stuff and I feel he like definitely does he get still things. he still had self-satisfaction even if it was short-term versus long-term mm-hmm. like I still feel like that's such a real thing to do like technically you are definitely right there's he still needed he had so much more to go for an arc but at the same time like technically that's kind of life at the same day people you know they take solace in the little things of life you know peter attending classes getting questions right right again (laughs) peter finally able to attend his friend's um play Play. yeah peter you know just feeling self-satisfied and you know it i'm sure he saw the crime happening like you even see him like he sees it and he, he's like, wow, I wish I could do something. I used to be able to do something. But at the same time, he also doesn't have to worry about that. Like, he doesn't have to stress about that anymore. And I feel like it's like... Yeah. It pulled the weight off of his shoulders. But it was to show him that, you know... The world... New York City still needed Spider-Man at the end of the day. Right. You know, he still came back and he did his business. But I do still think... I do wonder, like... If I showed someone a movie and ended it like that, how would someone react? Someone who has never seen the Spider-Man movies, like, it has to be someone like that. I almost want to do that to my kids, like, just in the movie like that. <laughs> 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 They're like, "That's how it ends." Yep. <laughs> nope. There's no more. You don't have to watch anything else. You're no more good. Spider-Man's after this. <laughs> but dad some kid at school told me there was a nope the kid was wrong he's crazy (laughs) what happened to doc don't
1: worry about it
0: (laughs) don't worry about it Uh, no i will just be like oh he killed the world after that (laughs) you
1: (laughs) You should just have it have like the freeze and then a post-credit scene of like the sun exploding and all the cars going into (laughs) the sun
0: (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> credits roll <laughs> oh that would be so evil but it's an interesting experiment just totally edit the movie just to fit <laughs> the narrative I want to work oh,
1: I, just, I,
0: I I don't know it needs to be experiment like I want to yeah. see that done I just I mean I, I think it's I don't think you're supposed to edit clips like that <laughs> like I don't think you're supposed to edit full movies to your will Without getting in trouble. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's a fun experiment. It would be a
0: fun experiment.
1: But I do think the movie is making the case that Peter couldn't find satisfaction or happiness truly that way. Like, he would mm-hmm. never...
0: Yeah. Like I, I absolutely agree yeah. with that. It was just, like I just said, It's it was short-term happiness. Yeah, exactly. It would not last. Like, he would find himself missing you know his the person he loves the most he would you know mm-hmm. finish school and realize You mean i have this science job that he might end up hating at the end and at the end of the day he might see you know so much more crime like even in the movie 75 percent up oh, yeah 75 rose right after he disappeared and i feel like even though the weight would be initially relieved off his shoulders after a while he would just feel like everything that terrible that happened it would just be put right back on his shoulders he would just feel the guilt of not doing what he knew he was capable of doing
1: well yeah i mean that happens in the movie because like the that whole montage not montage even but like more than that like the whole section of the movie where he doesn't have his powers it kind of culminates in the scene where he saves the girl from the burning building and it's like a really (laughs) cool like um reflection parallel to the first movie but this time he doesn't have his powers so like it shows like he can still be a hero without the the mantle without the powers but then when he like gets out the firefighters like man you got some guts kid and then the other firefighter comes up and he's like some poor soul got trapped on the fourth floor never made it out and then the very next scene you can this is such a beautiful way to like show like visually storytelling and showing how peter like his internal conflict is is playing out. It, it literally the next scene is him looking out the window like very melancholy.
0: Am I not supposed to have what I want? What I need? What am I supposed to do?
1: And like just right there like you see like this man like you just feel for him like I can't say it any other way like it pulls at my heartstrings every time I watch this movie cause it's like he's so conflicted in this movie he wants happiness but he knows that he also needs to be a hero and so I don't know it just really resonated with me it's like doing the right thing even when it screws you over every time and the fact that he pulls through in this movie, it just makes me want to be a better person, you know?
0: Yeah. That's just, that just tells you the masterclass of which this film is. <laughs> yeah. I think we should talk about, I think this is going to be my last point. Um, okay, Connor. So Spider-Man losing his powers. It was an excellent plot choice to have him lose his powers and be a little mundane for a little while while just to show him that you know his powers were helping new york greatly but like do they ever explain why he loses them in the first place is it just because his like i know he's talking to that doctor yeah and he mentions like I don't feel like I'm supposed to be this person. The doctor's like, well, maybe you shouldn't be that person. And, but like, is there, like, does there ever any talk of why he loses them? Cause I just, I I don't know. I, it's just a question I had in the movie. Like why, why did he lose his powers in the first place? Was it just, he was just burnt out of being Spider-Man and the powers were just reacting with how his body felt? Or is there like some sort of, Psychological reason he lost his powers.
1: Yeah, I think the only explanation you get is the doctor saying, My diagnosis, it's all in your head. And I think that that, that by extension is the reason, like, he, like, it is, like, kind of a psychological thing. Like, he is just beat to heck because, like, right before each time they do it pretty cleverly in the movie, each time that it showcases him losing his powers, something horrible has happened to Peter Parker just prior to it so the first time it's oh yeah it's when he can't watch Mary Jane's play and he like he waits outside the play until it's over and watches her meet up with John Jameson and they kiss and walk off and immediately after that he goes and like that's the first time he loses his powers the second time is right after the worst night of Peter's life at the gala. He literally it it's so like man, the way it's the like the dramatic irony is so thick because he's working for J. Jonah Jameson. J. Jonah Jameson is having him take pictures of his son at this gala and he literally ends the night having to take a picture of mary jane his like love interest and john jameson after they just got engaged like that's how his night ends and then he proceeds to lose the rest of his powers basically Uh, so yeah i think that's the reason
0: Hmm. because like this is the only spider-man we have that's like this like the rest of um, Mm -hmm. their web shooters are you know they're things they created. So they never have that problem unless they run out of web fluid. But in this one, it's just like... You know, that's... His web fluid is a physical thing that he can shoot out of himself. So I just... Hmm, I just... I don't know. I would like a little more explanation than, oh, it's all in his head. I just... I don't know. Yeah. I just want to know more. I, it def- It's definitely... I definitely do think it's more of a plot point or something they use to push the plot along than to really make sense at the end of the day, I guess. So that's I did not dwindle on it that much because this movie is just I know we dwindled on the octopus spike, but Spider-Man losing his powers is just an essential part of this movie. To push the plot forward, in my opinion. So that's why I don't get so hung up on that as much,
1: I guess. To be honest, I'm not really the biggest fan of him losing his powers in this movie. Because it does bring up a bunch of inconsistencies and stuff. And so, I don't know. Like, I think that this might be one of the biggest problems I have with the movie. And it's really not like a big thing. But I think it almost would have been better if he had actually like made the conscious choice to quit being spider-man he he does make that choice in the movie but i think it would have been a little bit more impactful if he still technically had the powers and he just chose flat out not to use them and they still like i know that they still had some good moments with him actually losing the powers i think they could have still had some good scenes with him just not really being focused and getting the crap beat out of him or something like that uh, because he's just not being focused while he's fighting because his he's just you know too caught up in his Peter Parker mindset when he's Spider-Man and too caught up in Spider-Man when he's Peter Parker and he just can't balance them I think it would have worked better that way in my opinion if he still had the powers and he just chose not to do them anymore because he was just getting so fed up with it
0: I think they went with like The power loss thing because one of the Superman movies did that where he became
1: a human for mm -hmm. like a
0: little while. So I think they were kind of like Wonder Woman. That was a good idea. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, (laughs) they, I guess they. But Wonder Woman did it horribly. Yeah. But this movie, (laughs) (laughs) sorry, I. But anyways, this this movie definitely did it better. It's just I wish we had. I wish we had a reason why we just we don't really have a reason why other than it was all on his head
1: yeah yeah it 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 doesn't quite make sense like it like what are those little like spiky things in his fingers just like recede back into his skin <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty weird but who okay
0: knows? who knows
1: yeah I, i'm with you there um And from that, like, I don't have any other main points. Like, I have... No,
0: I don't. One other thing
1: that I wanted to say, but it's really not a nitpick and it's not a main point. But I feel like um, when Harry found... Like, the scene of Harry talking to Norman and then finding the goblin lair. I feel like that would have worked far better if it was just a post credit scene. And obviously I know that those were not big at the time. So I, I get why it wasn't there, but it is a little bit jarring. It kind of takes you out of the movie because it's sandwiched right between him telling Mary Jane, basically like that. That's why they can't be together. Cause Mary Jane found out, Oh, we didn't talk about that either. Just a second. Put a pin in it. Um, it's sandwiched right between, the scene where he tells Mary Jane that they can't be together and the scene where Mary Jane leaves the dude at the altar and comes and is like, I can make my own choices. We're going to be together. And Mm -hmm. so that's just weird to me. I feel like it would have been better maybe after that. But then again, you wouldn't have the movie ending with Mary Jane, like kind of looking longingly. So I don't know. It is weird. I don't know what you you thought what you thought
0: about that. Dude, I I thought that whole scene was just i don't understand it like so there's just like goblin cave there the entire time and like <laughs> he had to have a place the, to, to do his goblin stuff the, man yeah but like how did the gliders get there how did the mask get, were those extras well there's there only extra one mask gliders there. and an extra mask
1: it's burner man
0: it's the freaking butler because because <laughs> remember um Norman takes off the mask and drops it. It was not on his body. And then whenever Spider-Man drops Norman off, he had stripped Norman of the suit. Yep. So, where did that mask come from? And like, (laughs) the gliders as well. Like, did did Norman just have extras of this stuff? I get the grenades. The grenades make sense. Makes sense to have a wall of grenades. But the mask and the the two gliders is one of those gliders the original or are those both just in case the original goes out of business
1: yeah i think it i think the best explanation is that there were multiples like multiple copies of them like iron man
0: like uh, even the mask
1: yeah, that's the best explanation like I guess I can ask just in but case it, he's got damaged. A, a funnier explanation is that Bernard the butler went, put him there. Yeah. went to that church, that broken down <laughs> church, gathered the suit up, and then made it all clean. Because in the third movie, he's like, the blade that pierced his body came from his glider. So you freaking know what his glider's blades look like and what kind of cut they would make precisely?
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, totally him. I guess so. That's that's the best explanation we have right there. <laughs> okay. So, what did you um, want to talk about? Next? Oh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So, um, last episode you talked about. Um, you didn't remember exactly if Mary Jane, like, found out that he was Spider Man, or like if she kind of knew the whole time. In this movie, they kind of bring that back up. Like, she does kind of have a like a feeling. Um, at the end of the. Uh, the first movie and then she's has the line in this one where she's like i think i kind of always knew but uh yeah anyway they did they did basically um reference back to that so i didn't know if you caught that
0: yeah i did but still that's bupkis <laughs> that's, that's, that's some horse crap uh, i don't know <laughs> what do you mean I, I, I don't know i just i just i always knew no, you didn't. No, you did not. <laughs> you, you, you would hope she would after freaking. <laughs> I was in the neighborhood, <laughs> Peter. <laughs> I just, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I guess so. It, like, I'm. Maybe, I'm not giving her enough credit, but it's, that's just me being me. <laughs> just because the, just because the way she was in the first one was more complete not damsel in and this one is she ends up being a Denzel in Distress, but she's much more of a character in this movie than the last one. Yeah, definitely. So I definitely loved Kirsten Dunst's performance as Mary Jane in this movie much more than the first one. Like, she just felt like a character, not like a prop.
1: The only thing I don't like about her performance is she gives Peter so much crap about um, not being with her, which I know we're, like, seeing it from Peter's perspective, and that obviously... automatically makes us feel more for him but to be so mad at him for not coming to see her play when he literally got in a wreck and could have died if he wasn't Spider-Man because that car straight up eats his bicycle (laughs) and he doesn't say anything about it either he could have easily said yeah I got in a massive car wreck (laughs) Like (laughs) that's why I didn't come to your show Which I guess he wouldn't well, have any wounds to, to show for it, but he could <laughs> yeah, have showed true. her the bike. He could have been like, "Look at this! Like this happened."
0: She would have questions.
1: True. Anyway, like I feel like, especially because he's like broke as crap, so he can't afford to buy tickets. Whenever like she rubs it in his face that her boyfriend's seen his show, seen her show like five times, Peter would be able to afford it once, maybe. But then like he's got to pay rent and all this other stuff. Not to mention, at
0: the beginning of the movie, he gets fired from his job. <laughs> I know to you, Parker, a promise means nothing. Good man, good man. But yeah, I guess, I guess that ends our points. And I guess
1: yeah. One question: Do you think right. that that Aunt May suspects that Peter is Spider Man? I think so. I do too. I feel like they made so. that obvious in the scene where she gives him the hero speech.
0: The speech, yeah, I think, I think she knows, but she doesn't want to tell him because she would probably feel like he's going to think I'm in danger all the time, and yeah. it'll just make things. It'll it'll make him not want to be Spider Man anymore.
1: Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm good to move on to nitpicks. I have some funny ones, and I'm sure you do as well.
0: Oh, interesting tidbit. Kevin Feige, you know, the yeah. big producer of the executive Marvel movies producer. He executive produced this movie. Yeah. He was learning for Iron I Man. I know. <laughs> and
1: he brought Sam Raimi back.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, he knew what he was doing.
1: I know. I thought that was cool.
0: Okay, car. do you want to go first? Sure.
1: Um, first one how did oscorp as a company survive the last movie they literally were going to sell themselves to another company and then all of the board members got killed so i I guess that means that norman was the sole proprietor but then norman died it's like who would ever want to trust this company like their stocks would be non-existent after the events (laughs) of the first movie yet harry somehow takes
0: control yeah we don't know i guess I guess Norman left a will and said Harry can take over. <laughs> Who knows?
1: I guess so. Harry Harry's smarter than he's letting on.
0: I guess so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep. Um, all right, here we go. I'm just going to keep going through these, and then I'll let you go after me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so when Doc Ock is, like, right after he's robbed the bank he has a money bag in one of his claws when he's carrying aunt may up the side of the building and then (laughs) doc hawk and spider-man fight and and um uh, aunt may is like hanging and stuff that entire scene you don't see any money bags
0: and then it literally goes (laughs) it
1: goes to the point where where um like, right when Aunt May smashes his glasses with her umbrella, and then finally Peter has a chan- or Spider-Man has a chance to save Aunt May and get out of there. The next scene, the cops are shooting at Doc Ock, and he has two money bags in his claws again. Where did he put them?
0: Up his butthole. That's <laughs> the only like, explanation I have.
1: Just, like, on the side of the building or something? Like, somewhere. I had to put the- him somewhere. Like, I don't know. In his like coat him somewhere or for him on <laughs> <laughs> Under his trench no. coat. Because <laughs> oh, he's still... He, he's successful because he funds the entire project after that. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, the, during the burning building scene? How in the heck does that tiny Asian girl have the strength to pick up a, an adult? Peter... Probably weighs like a hundred and forty pounds, and this tiny girl literally pulls him up off that ledge after she's breathed in ungodly amounts of smoke. <laughs>
0: like, yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. That's that's the thing. I I don't know. I feel like, cause I almost think, I wonder if Peter was getting his strength back right there. And though she did help him, I also feel like he kind of like propelled himself up just a little bit i don't know i I... guess
1: the the way that they filmed it it looked like she was actually like pulling him up (laughs) it was weird yeah
0: i guess i I just that's something i didn't try to think about i was just like yeah this is just a scene he's trying to be here okay
1: okay and then my last two nitpicks first one is i really don't think harry would have had any leverage over doc ock in that situation because all ock wanted was the tritium and then harry's like i'll give you your tritium but you gotta go find spider-man for me it's like you're literally dangling over a building and you could die so easily like he literally has to let go of his claws and you're done give him the freaking tritium you have zero leverage in this situation but Oc just kind of folds to it and he's like yeah sure i'll fight spider-man i don't like that dude
0: Mhm. very simple
1: that one did not make sense to me
0: and it still <laughs> doesn't like yeah. that,
1: that i feel like that's almost a plot hole honestly because they, they just kind of had to move the movie they kind of had to move it forward somehow and so they were just like well i guess we can make harry make a deal with him it's like yeah but I really don't think like if this dude's really evil, I don't think he's gonna <laughs> really care.
0: <laughs> Woody <laughs> <laughs> Yep. <laughs> Woody do that. Okay. I don't know.
1: And then my last one. Tuck Ock throws a car, a vehicle, probably four thousand pounds, at Peter Parker. Would have killed him. And then throws him against a brick wall, probably would have broken his spine. Gets covered with debris. How is he supposed to find Spider-Man now, assuming he was just a regular average human being? He would be dead. He there is no way he would survive that. What was he thinking? <laughs> I
0: don't know. You're right. <laughs> he literally like almost murders <laughs>
1: Peter Parker. <laughs>
0: Oh, that's a, a cars are at least especially those size are at least one ton two yeah. tons if they're loaded with stuff or depending on what like stuff you have in the car to begin with and then yeah the brick wall falls on top of him like he would be dead if he was just a regular schmuck like us <laughs> we would not survive that he's lucky yeah. he's Spider-Man uh, <laughs> Doc totally Ock was agree. lucky he was Spider-Man imagine know, if spider-man and exactly. peter parker were actually different people he just killed spider-man i mean he just <laughs> killed peter parker and spider-man has no clue that peter parker is dead because he stopped being spider-man exactly. oh my goodness <laughs> yeah doc done was very stupid right there For a smart and then, man we're so we're at stupid. that point he
1: would have just reversed my last nitpick and then going back to harry and then been like yeah i couldn't i killed peter parker by accident sorry but i still need the tritium <laughs>
0: <laughs> just, just, he climbed out of the building so turns out I should not be throwing people as hard as I should be and I ended up killing your friend Peter Parker still gonna so need that I have. Man. <laughs> no way to find Spider-Man so uh, you're just gonna have to give me that stuff or I'm gonna kill you
1: <laughs> oh man alright that's all my nitpicks what you got
0: Okay, so I really only have two. All right, let's hear them. So my first one is when Peter goes to Mary Jane's play the first time, he drives up in the car that was just in a police chase, (laughs) and no one said anything. The cops didn't, like, hey, that's the car we were just chasing. Maybe we should chase it or something. Like, that car is riddled with bullet holes. The roof is cut off, for Christ's sake. Like... (laughs) no one said anything except for the one cop that was like hey I'm gonna tow it hey ding dong that's the car that was just in the police chase right in front of this place apparently like that that cop was not was listening like, in on the radio I guess not he just like oh, forget that car chase I'm here drinking my coffee and he sees a guy roll up in a car and he's like hey I'm gonna tow it tow it? Peter why Parker. don't you? <laughs> peter parker did not care he was like it's not my car look at that thing <laughs> it's a it's a piece of poo Rolling not to mention like his that's fingerprints
1: it. would have been all over the wheels like they could have tied that to oh, spider-man yeah. Man so quickly
0: absolutely yep oh so that's that's the first one and then uh oh no i have th- i have two more sorry okay so whenever they're going to surgically remove the uh tentacle arms from dr octopus um Dr. Octopus just stated that these arms are like reinforced with a type of metal that can't be melted <laughs> by the <laughs> sun. What is a bone saw going to do?
1: Bone saw is a-
0: Like <laughs> I just I was like as a kid I never thought about it, but now when you watch this it's like those saws wouldn't have done crap to those claws they didn't like
1: they literally started cutting into him and didn't do a thing
0: nothing (laughs) happened so like I wonder like say the claws hadn't come alive would they just be like oh we need to something and just get like lasers and start like I feel like they would have like
1: had to perform back surgery like to like at least cut them off at the needles that were like poking into his skin that's the only well, way no, that i can see that remember
0: happening. remember they said they 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 couldn't do that because the arms were in the way like they couldn't have get correctly to the spine oh, to do yeah. that because when he got electrocuted it's like the blood veins where the needles had gone in had the metal fused like fused together yeah that's, that's what right. they said so like I don't even know how they're gonna get that thing off of him. I guess they're just gonna get the I I guess they're just gonna get the the tentacle arms off and call it a day. Be like, Yeah, you have a metal spine now. Good luck. (laughs) (laughs) That's the only (laughs) thing they could have done. You you can't sleep on your back anymore or it's gonna hurt like a mother. (laughs) 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 God I would hate that. You just have metal spikes jabbing into your back for the rest of your life can't do anything you just that's how you are
1: i want to say that's how it is in the comics like the the arms themselves are removable but he still always has the harness on
0: oh my goodness connor that sounds terrible
1: it does no wonder he's a villain on
0: your back (laughs) oh my goodness he must not sleep Yes, i mean i like sleeping on my side but every once in a while i need that back relief you know bro yeah oh yeah. my goodness poor dr octopus <laughs> never mind i see why he turned bad and then um my last one so peter parker and Aunt may are at the bank yes. no one notices a man walking in a trench coat you know with a big bump on the back coat. <laughs> kind of suspicious like no one no security guard said anything no one everyone's just like oh it's just a, this is this is normal he literally walked <laughs> up to the safe i don't know how long he was standing there like Inspec-ting what if he stood there it. for like a solid 5 minutes just staring at it no one said <laughs> anything come on now. that that makes no sense nowadays someone walks out with a trench coat into a bank Oh, they're gonna get five bullets to the back of the head before they get anywhere close (laughs) to the dang safe. Like, I don't care who you are. You're. You walk in anywhere with a trench coat, questions are being asked before you go any further into that place. Not to mention a trench
1: coat that is clearly hiding four arms.
0: Like, something protruding (laughs) from his back. Like, extremely noticeable. Oh, yeah. Extremely. I was just. I was baffled at that I was like no that would not happen he would get shot or something like he would have had to fight his way into the bank he wouldn't just walk in yeah so that is my final nitpick oh man this was a great movie man this was this was and um after watching this movie Connor I think this is absolutely without a doubt the second best superhero film ever oh i will my. never take the dark knight off of number one <laughs> yeah i am sorry i will never do that because right. i think this movie is better than the two infinity the Endgame game and infinity war i still think it's better than some of the captain america movies that i love so much yeah. even Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, movies like that, this movie I here's the thing, at the same time, I think this is one of the best superhero movies ever. But I think as far as Spider-Man movies goes, I still think this is also number two. Because I still think Into the Spider-Verse is a better Spider Man movie. Just because it <laughs> has so much lore behind it. You are welcome to disagree. That's just this is how I feel. Now, if we're talking strictly live action, number one Spider-Man movie. Number takes one. Takes cake. I, I love Spider-Man Homecoming, but this one just takes a knife and stabs that one 50 billion times because <laughs> that one does not have nowhere near the storytelling that this one does. So your ranking is obviously this one first. This one is the best. This one's the better between Spider-Man 1 and Spider-Man 2. And yeah. then I gave it a score of nine point five. Dude, my score is near, also near nine point five. <laughs> yeah, nine point five. My, this and, is an incredible. Movie. If you, if you want to number ten, number ten is the Dark Knight. I will always have that. <laughs> that's just that's just how I am. Like, but if you would have asked me Wednesday if I thought Spider-Man Two was a good superhero movie, I probably would have been like, eh, it was all right, but after i watched it no that movie is the number two superhero movie and i don't think it's ever going to be topped i think the dark knight spider-man 2 have solidified their spots as those two (laughs) movies and that's just that's just history i'm as far as i'm concerned that's just history yeah it it is yeah it's so good i still
1: don't know fully which one i like more between this one and the first one because i love them both so much but i think after re-watching them both this one edges out just a little bit because i'm i just relate more to peter in this movie than i do the first one so i think that's the only reason that i like this one just a tiny bit more than the last one because i love the last one too i think that um ok being a, a more sympathetic villain is helps it out a, a little bit as well um but I think I could, you know, a month from now, change that order again, and I'd still be fine with it because I absolutely love both of these movies so much. So yeah, my officially, I'm saying Spider Man Two and Spider Man One. I'm agreeing with you. Spider Man Two is better.
0: Oh man, <laughs> I feel like we could probably talk about this movie for a whole another hour. Yeah, I we've got to wrap up. <laughs> definitely some stuff we missed, but. Didn't even talk about J.T. Jameson. Being, yeah, we didn't, but, you know, another time. Another time, you know. All right, run a picture of a rancid chicken. Here's a headline. Food poisoning scare, sweep city. Some food got poisoned? I'm a little nauseous, yeah. I'll give you 150. 300. That's outrageous. Done. You're fired. Chief, the planetarium party. Oh, right. You're unfired. I need you. Come here. What are we going to call this guy? Uh, uh, Dr.
1: Octopus. Uh, that's crap. Uh, uh, science, science squid? Crap. Uh, Dr. Strange. That's pretty good. But it's taken. Wait, wait, I got it. Dr. Octopus. Uh, but uh, I like it. Of course you do. Dr. Octopus, new villain in town, Doc Oc. Uh, genius. What, are you looking for a raise? Get out. Give you 50 bucks. I could get more than that on eBay. All right, 100,
0: Miss Brandt, give this man his money and throw in a bar of soap. Caviar? <laughs> okay, what, are we inviting the czar? Get some cheese and crackers, some of those little cocktail weenies. Miss Brandt? Yes? Give me a violin. But guys, that is going to do it for the last Sam Raimi Spider Man. I'm just kidding, guys. We all know there's another one. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't. I also have not seen that one in a while. So uh, we're gonna see. We're gonna see what it does because again, this I one, don't think
1: it's gonna be as bad as you remember.
0: I I hope not. But this one set a high bar, Connor. Like oh. an extremely high bar. Don't ever expect and
1: this one to be topped by Spider-Man Three because that's I, I, just—I don't think I, for failure. I,
0: I, I know that much. I just like I'm. It's almost like I'm a kid again, and I'm watching yes. these movies for the first time because I haven't seen these in a while. I have not seen these movies in a while.
1: Yeah. So there's things yeah. I
0: remember, things I don't remember. <laughs> so, but uh, that, guys, that is our Spider-Man Two review. Um, I hope you enjoy listening to us talk about one of the greatest superhero movies ever I um, do as well i just i i really can't express enough that this is a masterclass in superhero filmmaking and filmmaking like if you want to know uh. how to tell a story, watch this movie I would watch this movie it's just it's this, incredible this oh man i i cannot praise this film enough I'm like i i want like the spider-man 2 poster on my wall now like i just (laughs) i can't believe i've been sleeping on this movie for so long and now rewatching it as much as i know about film as big as a fan of film i am it just it makes it this movie made me happy like it is yeah even with some minor flaws it made me happy so
1: i truly hope that we did it justice um, mm-hmm. because it is so well beloved by so many people. And I, we obviously fit in that category. We absolutely love this movie and we hope you guys too did too. If you don't like this movie, please let us know why so that we can fight you. Um, you can always <laughs> find us on Instagram at cinema seekers pod. Um, that is where you will see all of our posts. You can connect with us easily there. And this podcast, you you're listening to it on some sort of service probably apple podcasts or anchor or something like that or spotify but yeah it's available on all of those places and more so uh tell your friends and leave a review and um that's all i have so thank you again for listening in Um, until next time you have been listening to the cinema seekers with connor and
0: and mr freddy
1: mr freddy mr octopus freddy (laughs) (laughs) all right guys we will see you next time for spider-man 3 till then keep watching cinema goodbye